Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's me, it's Toby. Toby, it's almost Halloween. Do you got your costumes together? I don't, unfortunately. But I was thinking about doing Tobias Funke from um, Arrested Development because, I mean, hey, my name is Tobias. I would have to shave my head bald and keep the mustache and paint myself blue, but could be worth it. So, I mean, you you already kind of do a, a annual or biannual shaving. I do, I do. Yeah, I don't shave much, so you know, yeah, I, I'm due. I'm due for one. I got my costumes all together. I got three of them. Um, but the the parts kind of intermingle. I only spent about, let me think, thirty forty bucks on accessories, so not too bad. So yeah, I'm going to a, so I got a party. I'm going out to the bars, of course. So what I'm doing is, I'm going to the party as Walter White. That's why I'm growing out this mustache. I hate it. I don't like the mustache. Um, maybe I'll grow into it next week. But then I'm going home, uh, taking off the ball cap, do it, redoing my hair, and I'm going as a crossing guard. Nice. I got a stop sign off Amazon. It says slow on the back too. We're good to we're cooking with that. And then Saturday night I'm gonna be Mr. Worldwide Pitbull. Let's go, man. You got three different options there. I know, and a lot of them are in. A, so I got. A, a suit coat good worth like five bucks. So we're we're cooking with with kerosene. But you know what else is cooking with kerosene? This fight card coming up, man. Oof. I agree with that. Oof. Where's there? It is. Uh, resume share. Come on, let me share. Why aren't you sharing? <sighs> Technical difficulties, guys. Sorry if you're watching on YouTube. I'm not editing this out. Okay. There we go. Yay, we're here. Mahachev versus Volkanovski too. Man, I got to say the artwork is not not really doing it for me. The artwork is never great. I think there are some that are good, but uh, they really, man, Volk, they made him look like a like a crayon or something. I don't know. A they, crayon? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's kind of, they just messed them up a little bit i was the one the greatest uh fight poster i've ever seen i actually have the poster hanging on my wall is a uh, ufc 181 which was um robbie lawler and johnny Hendricks their second fight and it's a beautiful i mean absolutely beautiful fight poster yeah it, i think it's like, it's like a get... comic book scene basically definitely definitely um, the Jones versus Miocic one is okay. Man, that's um, kind of they, they, they didn't put Prohaska and Pereira on the on the poster. It seems to me that they just get some random person from like Fiverr or something. And they just give them like fifty bucks. They're like, hey, just you know, put a little background and then put the fighters' faces. They're never super extensive. You know, they're pretty yeah. basic. Very true. Um. All right, so let's look at the prelims. 
Um, personally, the the prelim I'm looking forward to the most is Daniel versus uh, Muhammad Naimov. This is a fun fight, man. This is really fun. I I'm surprised Nathaniel Wood isn't uh closer to the featured bout or like second up to the featured bout because I mean I think Nathaniel Wood has a bright future in this sport and and, and Naimov, but I mean beating Charles Jordan, beating Andre Feely, beating uh Charles uh Rosa, um, but I understand the odds are pretty heavily in Nathaniel Wood's favor, but I don't think Naimov's anything to uh necessarily relax about yeah no this should be a good fight um i th- I figured the odds would be a little bit closer to be honest but i do think i guess naimov was kind of losing that last one and then he just like slept jamie malarkey out of nowhere but clearly you know he carries big power but nathaniel wood very mobile guy uh uses leg kicks well uses pretty much all techniques uh very well i was super impressed in his last couple fights um i thought he was a bit small going up to uh featherweight this says this is a says their weight is 155 156 i'm not sure that's correct i mean i think uh they're definitely featherweights but i thought he was a pretty good size bantamweight you know he's only five foot six um but then he moved up and he looked great i mean rosa you know definitely near the end of his career but charles jordan he is always dangerous fantastic striker i thought jordan was going to piece him up on the feet nathaniel wood looked really good in that fight same with andre feely i thought feely was kind of going to piece him up and we saw two in that fight man he got hurt like bad really really bad and he has great uh recovery skills you know super tough i think nathaniel wood gets this done i think it's going to be a little bit closer than maybe some people expect but i i do think nathaniel wood is a great great prospect indeed he is um as much as I respect Naimov, I think Nathaniel Wood takes a spy decision. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll win a decision. I, Nathaniel Wood isn't, you know, he sort of a finisher. Uh, not really recently, though. Um, Abu Azaitar versus uh, Cedric Dumas. Um, yeah, this guy had so much hype coming in. He's just been kind of a dud, to be honest. Um Abu Zaitar. I think this is Atman Zaitar's brother, if I'm not mistaken. And he hasn't fought. Yeah. And, and he hasn't fought since I think the Stipe Miocic Mio last, last fought. So see what goes down here. I'm not, I'm not too high on Dumas. I think Zaitar demolishes him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure, honestly. I haven't seen much of a Zaitar fight. Um, I know his last fight against uh, Mark Andre Barot, you know, you know, didn't go his way. Um, I think he was was pretty competitive. I don't really remember that fight to be honest, so I'm not going to speak on it too much. But I do remember Cedricus uh, Dumas, if that's how you say it, I believe, and uh, Josh Frim almost ripped a guy's head off, and that was pretty terrible. You know, not a good loss for SD there. Yeah, I'm not super high on either of these guys. I think that Dumas, you know, he has a street fighting background, as he likes to say, and it kind of shows a little bit. I mean, he doesn't have the most refined skill set in there, a bit uh, wild. But we did see in the uh, Cody Brundage fight, you know, he was able to win a decision, a really terrible, terrible fight that was, but he, he won, clearly. And so he can go the distance, man. You know, he's got... He's somewhat well-rounded, but well-rounded in the sense that, you know, he's like 
okay everywhere. There's not any like glaring deficiency in his game, but there's also no real extremely uh, great point of his game. So I think, you know, kind of indifferent to this fight. Um, I'll say a Zaitar. He All has right. he has a better name, and it's I don't know. Maybe he is Muslim as well, so that might help him. Yeah, the, uh, I think I think he is. I'm pretty sure he is. The people of Abu Dhabi will um, love him, especially because he's from that region. Um, Muhammad Muhammad Yaya versus Trevor Peak UFC debut. Don't know much about this guy, but we get to see Trevor Peak fight. I mean, it's not you know the prettiest thing, but it's always fun. So that's how I look at Trevor Peak. Yeah, for sure. Trevor Peak is a uh, super fun fighter. Um, yeah, same. I don't really know much about Muhammad Yaya. I've heard mixed things about him. I haven't really watched the tape. I've heard some people say like, oh, man, this guy's incredible. I've heard some people say, you know, he's a bit overrated, so I'm not sure. Uh, Trevor Peak, he brings it every time. We know that. He's going to bite down the mouthpiece. He's going to go forward. I mean, skill-wise, I would almost guarantee that Yaya is the more skilled fighter. I've never seen him fight but he definitely has better technical skills than Trevor Peak because that's not a high bar. But every Trevor Peak fight, you can never count him out because you're beating the life out of him, and somehow he just pulls out from the depths. But we also did see, too, against um, Chepe, Chepe Mariscal. You know, Chepe was a guy who was willing to go in there and trade with him, go shot for shot, and he won that fight. You know, So Trevor Peak can get beat in a firefight. So I'm not sure... If Yaya is the type of guy to just go in there and go to war like that, but if he is able to, you know, he can probably beat Trevor Peak. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. If Yaya is willing to stand in there and be technical, he has a good chance of being Peak. But it is, he is from the UAE. He yeah. is home field advantage. I'm going Yaya on this one. I wonder if he's one of those UAE Warriors guys. That's a good promotion over there, UAE Warriors. It is, it is. It's this very solid promotion. I think they just did a looking for a fight episode over there or something. Nice. Um, all right. Tim Elliott versus Muhammad Mokayev. Uh Tim Elliott, probably the closest person to beating Mighty Mouse outside of uh Cejudo. Um but he hasn't looked he hasn't been too too great since this is Mukayev's uh biggest test. I'm trying to remember whom he fought last time it was um oh Belio and then he beat Malcolm Gordon uh Johnson so clearly his biggest test and I uh, and, you know Makai can grapple but Tim Elliott's a really good grappler too and my thing is how will Makai have handled adversity because I see him handling adversity in this fight I understand he wasn't an knee bar. I forget whom he was fighting, but a guy who can challenge you for 15 minutes, like Tim Elliott, that's going to be tough. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's uh crazy, you know. Tim Elliott, it's actually really weird that title fight he had with DJ. He was on like a three fight losing streak, and then he won the Ultimate Fighter, and they were like, "Oh God, we like they needed someone at that point to fight DJ." And they're like, whoever wins this season of the Ultimate Fighter with the flyweights is going to fight DJ. And it ended up being Tim Elliott, and he did give him an extremely tough fight. So it is kind of crazy how he's just on this losing streak, fights arguably the greatest you know, pound-for-pound fighter of all time, one of them, and uh, almost wins. But, you know, 
that was a long time ago. But then again, I mean, Tim Elliott, he's won four of his last five. This guy is looking pretty good. The only loss in his last five fights are to or is to uh, Mateus Nicolau. And even if you go back before that, he lost to Roy Val. He lost to Askar Askarov. He lost to Davison Figueredo. Those are way, way better fighters. I mean, infinitely better than anybody that Muhammad Makayev has faced. Now, Makayev does have a really extensive background. Um, it's not Samba. What is a... Uh, what was it like I MMAF or something that he oh, was um, in? Yeah, yeah. He he won uh amateur worlds. Yeah, yeah. So he's you know got a long history in combat sports, but from what I've seen of him in the UFC, in the octagon, he has not overly impressed me. And I don't want that to be misconstrued. He's winning fights, he's finishing most of them, he looks pretty good. But I mean, if we just look through, you know, Cody Durden. You know, yeah, he knocked him out, submitted him, or he knocked him down, submitted him pretty quick. I think that would have been a very tough fight for him because we know how good Cody Durden is now. Charles Johnson, you know, he uh, defended a lot of takedowns in that fight. Charles Johnson defended like over half the takedowns in that fight. It was pretty, you know, boring. I mean, Makayev just kept taking him down, didn't really do much damage. Even in the Malcolm Gordon fight, really did not do any damage in that fight when he was on top and he got the finish right near the end. Same thing with uh, Filio. You know, he didn't do a ton of damage, uh, pretty much got his knee destroyed. I mean, he did actually get his knee just completely obliterated and was tough enough to fight through and get that finish. So he's a tough guy. He's clearly got good wrestling skills. He's a good grappler, but he doesn't do much damage on top. He doesn't deal overly well with people who are extremely active on the bottom and who are going to be able to get up. And I think Tim Elliott is the type of guy who can get up from these takedowns. I think the only thing I'm worried about is maybe Tim's going to tire out a little bit. You know, the pace will be too much for him. I'm not sure, but we'll see. I think this is clearly going to be the biggest test of Mikhaev's career, and I'm not certain that uh, he's just going to run through Tim Elliott. And I don't know what the odds are right now, but I'd imagine he's a pretty big favorite. You know. I do not see any odds. And honestly, I, yeah, like you said, I don't think Tim Elliott's favored. I, if you're a betting man, it's not a bad guy to put some money on, I don't think, especially as of late. But it's not advice. Just to be clear, we're not telling you to do that. You could do that, though, if you want to. In theory, to. you could. I do not promote gambling. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not a smart thing to do, guys. Um. All right. Saeed Nurmagomedov versus uh, Muin Gafarov. Um. I like Saeed Nurmagomedov, man. Um, solid boxing. He can sub you. Um, a very well-rounded fighter. And it's not the most exciting fights, but you know, there's someone entertaining. Um, personally, I don't, I don't remember much about Gafarov. Um, I've been busy with thesis stuff this week, so I haven't, I haven't had any time to prepare. But he did lose to Castaneda, who is not a bad fighter. So... Um, I don't know, man. I like Saeed in this one personally. Uh, the odds are almost to pick him, but I think Saeed can take this one. Yeah, this, this is a tough one to call. You know, um, Saeed is an interesting case because, you know, you see the Nurmagomedov last name, but he does not fight in the same way that all those other Dagestani guys fight. He is much more of a striker. In fact, his wrestling, I would say, is not actually that good. I mean, his wrestling is just pretty average when you look at the rest of the division um especially the fight before the last one that he had uh not the jonathan martinez fight but where he fought it was like saeed yakub something the guy who fights out of the same camp as uh terrence mckinney 
but he was kind of getting dominated in that fight. I mean, he got taken down multiple times, yeah. and he was not looking great. Kakramanov, uh, Saidi Kub Kakramanov. And uh, it looked like he was on his way to losing that fight, and he pulled off a guillotine. And, you know, I'll give him credit for that. He, he got the sub, but that's not making me super confident uh, to pick him in the future. Uh, Mouin Gafarov, yeah, he's only got one official UFC fight. He fought on Contender Series, too. I think he lost that one as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, Sexy Mexi, John Castaneda, not a bad loss. That He's a good fighter. Uh, it was, you know, fairly competitive. Um, I don't know, man. I, I would definitely still favor Saeed in this fight. I haven't seen enough of Muin to say, you know, I th- he's looked good. Don't get me wrong. But I just haven't seen enough to say that he would beat a guy on the level of Saeed Nurmagomedov. Someone who has a lot more fights in the UFC, too. And I think arguably probably did win that last fight against Martinez. It was close, but I thought yeah, he it was won close. that fight. So, yeah, I'm going to favor Saeed. I will too. All right, man. I don't think you and I really have to talk about this one much. Uh, Ikram Alaskiera versus uh, Worley Alves. They're feeding Worley Alves to an animal. Um, caged up. Probably wanting to... Uh, he's going to fight a mom off, but, you know... That didn't happen, so Worley Alves decided to step in and move up a weight class. He has a vod in over 10 years. I got Ikram by brutal knockout in the first round. What do you have? Uh, Yeah, probably the same thing. I just want to say those odds are for the last fight, for sure. That There's yes. no way. Uh, I think Ikram is like a minus 500 favorite at this point, like legitimately. Um, yeah, I think Ikram is probably going to destroy Worley Alves. Uh, Alves is pretty deep into his UFC career at this point. He's been fighting in the UFC since like 2014 or 2015. Um, and he's looked okay. You know, he's had a good run. He beat, he was on a great run, actually beat Colby at one point, subbed him. He's beaten a lot of good guys in the UFC, but all at welterweight. And he had, like I said, he has not fought at middleweight in a decade. And I have no reason to believe that Wardley Alves on a two fight losing streak at welterweight is going to move up to middleweight and take on a guy who just slept Phil Hawes in his last fight. A guy who's not even really a striker primarily and who just slept someone like badly. Yeah, it was brutal. I'm not, you know, I'm not inclined to pick Wardley in this fight. So I'm thinking, uh, yeah, Ekrom gets it done probably in the first or second round. I feel the same way all right another uh russia versus a uh, brazil matchup magomed Ankalaev. fun fact in case you didn't know magomed is mohammed um in russian so in case you didn't know the more you know versus johnny walker uh the biggest 205 of all time probably um I, if Ankalaev gets his hands on Johnny Walker, this fight's not going to go in Johnny Walker's way whatsoever. But if Walker can manage to keep it on the feet, it could be get, it could get real interesting. And Johnny Walker's been on an absolute tear lately. Um, Kudalava, Paul Craig, Anthony Smith. He got sent to the shadow round by Jamal Hill, but maybe that woke him up a little bit. I see... As much as I like Johnny Walker, solid dude, of course. He's a great guy, clearly. I think Akalai is going to ragdoll him. I, I'm i not super confident in that, but that's the result I expect, I'd say. So I got Akalai by decision or submission. Yeah, man, dude, I, I'm i going to go for it. 
I think Johnny Walker gets the oh. win in this fight. I think Magomed Ankalaev. Look, I think he's a great fighter. I think he's a tad bit overrated though, because I don't. He does not wrestle as much, at least from what I've seen. He does not wrestle as much as a lot of those other guys from that area, from that camp. And you look at his early fights in the UFC. He was finishing guys. Oh, he got a head kick. You know, he uh, hit this guy front kick to the face, knocked him out cold. Yeah, that's Dolce Lungiambula. And nothing against Dolce, not a super high-level fighter. You know, he knocked out Kutalaba. Okay. But then he fights uh, Krilov. Then he fights Uzdemir. Then he fights Tiago Santos. And we see these fights are getting kind of close, you know. The striking numbers are pretty even. He's not getting many takedowns. They're all going to decision. You know, just his recent fights, to me, the only guy he's finished recently is Anthony Smith, who pretty much anybody in the top 10 of light heavyweight should be able to finish. He just hasn't impressed me that much. And Johnny Walker, I've been kind of a Johnny Walker hater for quite a while. And, uh, you know, I thought he was kind of done. He lost four out of five. Uh, he got knocked out brutally in a couple of those. And then he comes back, gets a submission against Kutalaba, finishes Paul Craig, beats up on Anthony Smith. I'm starting to come back around at Johnny Walker. Of course, I love him as a dude. He's a, he's a great guy, super funny. His size, I think, is going to be a big advantage for him. His uh, range, his range management. I think he's going to keep this at a good distance. Um, and I think at range, I think it's about even. I mean, I know Kutalaba or uh, Ankalaev has good range strikes as well. The front kick, uh, the big left hand that he that he carries. But I think Johnny Walker, I think he's going to pull something weird off. I think he's going to land like a flying knee. I just have a feeling, man. I think he's going to land something odd. And don't get me wrong. I think Ankalaev is probably the better. I mean, he is the better fighter in this matchup. I just think that Johnny Walker is going to be able to make it his fight. Yeah, I mean, I can't say you're going to be wrong there. Um, it's going to be an interesting fight. Very interesting stylistic matchup. Alrighty. Kamaru Dean, oh. Kamaru Dean Usman versus uh, Hamzat Shimaev. Shimaev switching his representation to the United Arab Emirates. And our boy Kamaru still repping Nigeria. But... Kamara coming out on short, no- short notice. Uh, people had a lot to say about the video that came out yesterday about, oh, but something popped. You could not hear what he said. Um, personally, I could not. Maybe it's the tinnitus acting up. But I don't think the odds reflect this fight too well. I think this fight's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Usman doesn't have to cut. Chmaev uh, said, oh, he's old. Well, he's moving up a weight class. And some people find new life moving up. And middleweights uh, age a lot more gracefully than welterweights. And I think Usman has something to prove here. This is his last chance. Like, if he loses, I hate to say it, but he should probably retire if he loses. There's nothing. He won't. Fighters never do that. But he, he has something to prove here coming in on short notice. He's a fighter's fighter, and this is the first time I'm probably ever rooting for uh, Kamar Usman because Hamzat, I don't know, he kind of said, oh, it wasn't my choice not to make weight. He still didn't make weight, buddy. I'm sorry. But the where I see this fight getting interesting is the stand-up. I think, I mean, Kamar Usman only got taken down by Leon Edwards. Uh, I understand Hamzat Shemaev is probably going to be a different animal at middleweight. But I don't think he's going to ragdoll Usman like some people are saying. 
But w- yeah. will Usman be able to land that jab, keep him at range? That's really the question, and I think that's the key to this fight. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, people are definitely underestimating Usman in this fight. You look at his takedown defense is 97% in the UFC. Now, I'm not sure how many takedown attempts have been, uh, or I'm not sure how many takedowns have been attempted on Kamaru Usman, but however many they are, he's defended 97% of them. So that is pretty good. Yeah, I don't think Shamayev is just going to come in there, toss him around. I think the size is going to make a difference for sure. I think Usman, I think they're going to be about the same size, but I don't think Shmaev can just pick him up, walk around with him like he can with a guy like uh, Li Jingliang, for example. So I think the size, you know, it's going to be pretty even when it comes to that. Um, in terms of power and striking ability, I mean, what have we seen from Shmaev that, like his striking, you know, it's good, but in the fight, we haven't really seen him strike in any fight. Li Jingliang, he just picked him up, walked him over, submitted him. Uh, Kevin Holland, you know, the one fight that we saw him striking was Gilbert Burns. That's the only fight we've ever seen him striking. And he got hurt. He got dropped. I mean, that right hand that Gilbert Burns landed would have taken 95% of people's head and it would have knocked them out. Cool. I mean, his head like turned fully around. It was one of the nastiest shots I've ever seen. And credit to him. He took that shot. But it's not like Kamar Usman can't strike it's not like he doesn't have power he does have power and he can strike fairly you know he's not a great striker but he can he's pretty good so i think this fight's gonna be close with all that being said i still do favor shimaev in this fight i think he's gonna be definitely more explosive and yeah like you met with the video i watched it a couple times i couldn't really make out what he was saying it's pretty hard it sounds maybe like Something you know, maybe he said the word popped. I'm not sure. I saw MMA guru was like, he definitely said popped. He definitely said popped. No, <laughs> it's like, we're, no, we're not going to talk about MMA guru on this channel. We're 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 levels above him. <laughs> no, I just thought it was pretty funny. It's like I don't know, man. It's not that definitive, you know. I heard it could have been a number of things, but God, <laughs> MMA guru, there's no one better at stretching out like a three minute video into a 15 minute video for that precious ad <laughs> revenue. That guy just says the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. He just likes to t- talk to hear himself talk. I think. I think so too. But yes, if I had to make a pick, it would be Shamayev. Uh, but I think it's gonna be close. Yeah, it is going to be close. I-, I-, I got Usman um, by decision. All right, main event time. Let's go. It's some Mahachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. I think Alexander Volkanovsky surprised all of us in the last fight. Uh, I thought he won. You didn't, but we'll agree to disagree. And I'm not going di- to completely. I'm not going to say you're wrong that Mahachev won because if you think he's wrong, that's ridiculous. Yeah, there's there's totally ways you could have scored Mahachev winning that fight and Volk. Um, there are um, people who don't know what they're talking about out there saying Volk looks out of shape in the pictures. I'm like, the lighting's just different. He looks the exact same. And also, just so you know, having a six pack does not ne- necessarily, um, what what I'm trying to find the word, um, isn't necessarily evidence that you're in shape. Okay, yeah. John Jones, he did have a six pack, but he had to flex it going in that Sirogan fight. I'm sure he was in shape. It's John Jones. You don't need to have a six-pack to be in shape. Um, but anyway, I I think Volk, 
here's why I like Volk's chances in this fight. He has nothing to lose. If Islam loses to Volk coming out on 13 days notice, how embarrassing is that? Um, Volk has nothing to lose. Um, he's Like you said, I'm coming off the couch, mate. But he... He, I think he has all. I think he has striking advantage for sure. If he sticks out that jab, uh, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a long night for Islam Mahachev. And I don't think anybody makes outside of John Jones makes better in fight adjustments than Alexander Volkanovsky. So what I expect is he's gonna make all those adjustments from the first fight. He already went to camp for through camp for Islam, so he knows how to prepare for Islam. And I think Craig Jones coming in there helping him out is the best thing for his career. So here's how I see it going. I think Volk, like he said, he wants to get the knockout in the second round. I believe him. He's so he's confident. I believe him. I'm going Volk second round TKO. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um yeah, I think that's a good point about Volk and his physique. Um I think people definitely look too much into guys with six packs. I mean, Volk has never been a guy to have a six pack or anything like that and we know how good he is. And keep in mind too, he used to weigh over 200 pounds and so he cut down a lot of weight and I don't, I think a lot of people don't realize when you acquire like body mass on you, that fat a certain percentage of it will just never go away. Like it's just it's just going to be there. So not saying that back with that Volk was fat at any point, just that he had more body fat. And now that he's like 60 pounds lighter, of course, he's going to retain some of that. And that's kind of why you see in his physique, you can see it on the screen in that picture. Uh, he just has a little bit more fat than some other people do. But yeah, clearly he is in incredible shape. I think it, yeah, complete non-issue if anybody's bringing that up. Um, yeah. And if you look at the last fight, yeah, we disagree a little bit on the outcome, but it's close. I mean, you look, Volkanovsky had the one knockdown of the fight. He landed more significant strikes. Islam had some more takedown, more control time. Uh, Volk probably did more visible damage. I mean, you know, it's very, very close. Um, it's hard to say uh, who definitively won that fight. One thing's for sure, though, is that Islam finished all of his opponents before that, and he could not finish Volk. You know, we know how tough this guy is. Um, on both sides, we know how tough they are. You know, Islam only been finished once in his uh, pro career, kind of a, you know, caught him off guard knockout. And, you know, he got finished, but it's been eight years since that. So, man, I think this is going to be an incredible fight. I think this is actually going to be another five round war. I think that both guys, I know Volk is coming in on short notice, but if there's anybody who's in shape year round, legitimately ready to go in a fight any day of the year, I think it's a guy like Alexander Volkanovsky. I think, you make a good point. He's already had a camp for Islam. I know things are going to be different, but of course, after that fight, Volk, I know, is the type of guy who hates losing. And as soon as he loses to someone, he wants to go avenge that loss. So I know even when he's training for a year, even when he's just in the gym, not training for a fight specifically, you know, he's figuring out ways to get better and beat Islam. You know, you know, that's in the back of his mind somewhere. So I think he's prepared for this fight. I think that it's tough for both guys. You know, a lot of people talk about Volk stepping up and of course him stepping up on 12 days notice is incredible, but Islam was training for a completely different fighter as well. Um, Oliveira is like five inches taller, six inches taller than Volkanovsky. He has, uh, much more aggressive jujitsu. He has a much different striking style. So it's a huge difference for both guys coming into this matchup. Um, I would almost favor Volk too. It's hard. It's really hard to say. I, I like Volk's chances in this fight. Um, 
I can't really pinpoint exactly what it is, but I, I do think he's just going to make the necessary adjustments probably. And I think he might get it done. Yeah. I can't wait for Saturday. Uh, I'm I'm totally cool skipping the football game for this card. Yeah, I am too. That's what I'm doing. I was thinking about getting tickets and I was like, eh, I'll just watch 294. <laughs> yeah, 294 is the best option. All right. Um, hold on. I need to pull this up real quick. I, I'm not showing it on the screen. Uh, so Pat Militich fought uh, this past weekend. And he lost to Mike Jackson, but he was dom- absolutely dominating Mike Jackson. And the only reason he lost to Mike Jackson is because he got exhausted. If you uh, did not see the highlights of this fight, I suggest you go watch because Mike J- uh, Pat Militich was destroying this dude. It's it's kind of embarrassing. It was Pat Militich's first professional MMA fight in 15 years. And Mike, I yeah, don't who- get who even sanctioned this fight? That's kind of shocking that they were able to get this fight done. Uh, caged aggression in Iowa. Oh my god! You know, I'm honestly, uh, I feel like Pat Milicic might be involved with caged aggression because I know that his camp is based out of Davenport, Iowa. Um, that's where all those those guys Milicic fighting systems came from back in the day, Davenport, Iowa. So he might. I'm, I'm not saying he is, but. It, you know, I'm sure he has a pretty good relationship with an Iowa fight promotion being Pat Pat Militich, Yeah, you know? I'm sure. But can you imagine being Char- Mike Jackson, who um, I don't know if you know, but uh, he and Jake Shields don't like each other. Um, but I can't imagine being Mike Jackson and losing to somebody 16 years older than you. Now it's not like a 38 year old going up against a uh, an 18-year-old or whatever it is. That terrible math. But this Pat Milch is our parents' age. Yeah, he's literally 55 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pat Militich has been fighting since almost the beginning of the UFC. Now, he wasn't in the UFC at that point, but he's been fighting MMA since pretty much, you know, the early to mid-90s. So <laughs> kind of tells you how long he's been doing this. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think he was the first uh, welterweight champion, or one of the first welterweight champions. Yeah, I think he was the first welterweight champion. Um, yeah. All right, so some fight news from today: Neil Magny will fight Mike Malat on January twentieth. Jeez, dude, they're throwing Neil. They're saying Magny, get out of here. Mike Malat is a scary man. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he, he, he'll he'll put he'll put your lights out. That's for sure. I, yeah, I think that's a tough fight for both guys, but it's hard. Yeah, that's hard to say. Magny's always game, you know. He he is he's kind of been that prospect killer for a while, but it might be his time to wrap it up. Yeah, honestly, um, Josh Emmett will fight Giga Chikadze at UFC two ninety six on December sixteenth. Um, first off, two ninety six is becoming an absolute banger of a card. Um, I graduate that day, so I hopefully I'll have the chance to catch the card but i hope josh emmett has recovered enough from that brutal beat down he took from Ilya taporia um and yair to be honest yeah i mean that's just yair like battered his body as well and i mean what taporia did to him was way worse too so yeah that that was probably the worst beat down of the year i think um yeah 
from what I can recall, I'm sure I'm sure I'm missing something terrible and a bad ref, but <laughs> it's up there for sure. I mean, Giga Chikadze is not the not exactly the easiest guy to come back to. I mean, Giga. I mean, he didn't. Who Giga fought Caceres? He looked pretty good against Caceres, especially taking a year and a half off. Um, yeah, you know that Russ is gone. And Caceres is a tough guy too. He's a really tricky, tricky guy to yeah. fight. Weird, weird striking, great jujitsu too. Yeah. Um, but Yair Yair has a lot fancier kicks, but I think Giga's kicks are the quickest, probably in the UFC, and they always hit the target. So Josh Emmett needs to cover up and not swing and bang because Giga's gonna find the target. That that's a, that's a fun fight, man. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, after we talked about that the other day, I actually went back and watched uh, Giga versus Calvin Cater. And something that really shocked me watching that fight back was how close it was. And that may be shocking to for some people to hear. Now, I'm not saying it was a cl- now. Clearly, Calvin Cater won that fight, but the scorecards were like 50, 45, 50, 44. If you go back and look at the numbers in that fight, uh, Giga Chikatsi landed 128 significant strikes calvin Cater calvin cater landed 144 that's you know those are pretty close numbers uh cater even after the fight was like dc was asking him how you feel and i think he was like a movie quote or something but he was like you know i feel like crap but uh i got the way you know something like that but he got beat up in that fight i mean giga we've seen his toughness we know that even when he's getting battered his cardio holds up we know that he's still powerful. I mean, he was winging some really, really powerful shots. Cater, credit to him, just has a great chin, was able to take them. We saw that in the Holloway fight, too, with him. But I think that fight was not as much of a one-sided beatdown as I remember. I think a lot of those rounds were were pretty close. You know, I think Giga arguably won a couple of those rounds. Um, my point being in all this is that I think that Giga is going to wreck Josh Emmett. And honestly, I think Josh Emmett... I don't want to say he's overrated. I mean, I think I think he's gotten some very, very good finishes in his career. And I think that's kind of moved him into a position that is a little bit higher than he should be at. You know? Yeah, I... Oh, excuse me. Oh, wow. I completely agree with what you said, Toby. Um, like, like, when he's not knocking people out cold, it's split decisions. It's like split decision with Cater, you know, close decision with Shane Burgos, close decision he didn't with... Win that, he didn't win that Cater fight. The, he, no, that, that was no. a robbery. Cater yeah. won that fight. Cater won that fight pretty clearly. Like, it was probably four rounds to one, I would say, Calvin Cater. Yeah, it, it was clear. That was horrible. That, that's yeah. one of the few fights you can truly say that dude got robbed. Yeah, that was not, not a super close fight, in my opinion. I thought Cater won that pretty obviously, but... 100% agree. All right. Former Bantamweight champion Cody Garbrandt will take on Boom Kelleher. That's a fun fight. Yeah. Absolutely. Tremendous. It's a banger. I like uh, Brian Keller. He's always been a fun guy. I actually used to get Brian Keller mixed up with Josh Emmett when I didn't know much about fighting. <laughs> it's like they're kind of similar. You know? I, I can kind of relate. So, you know what? We're going to wrap it up, man. Uh, you got anything else to add? No, just looking forward to the fights this weekend. I think the main event is going to be one of the best fights that we'll ever see. Yeah, crazy stuff. All right, we'll see you guys later.